Hey, some of you guys don't know this yet, but God is good. And I hope this year you realize that. I'm going to be honest with you before I start today. Today's one of those days where I just don't feel good. I don't. I woke up. I feel like I got kicked in the grill. Uh, I don't feel good. But I serve a God that shows up every day, just like we challenge you guys to show up every day. I've been praying all day that the Spirit moves through me. So let's try to bring it. First off, where's the women's volleyball team at? What a way to whack-a-mole last night and put the whooping on Union. Whack-a-mole. Two class of them, one, two. Where's the women's soccer team? Some of you guys don't know. You guys kicked butt last night. One, two. Errors. We're talking about errors. Yeah, exactly. You feel me? Hey, when I first heard Mr. Sean up here talking about errors, I thought he was talking about errors. So here, let me say something, and then I'm going to get going into this. Don't let this era of your life become an error in your life. Okay? Don't let this era or any other era in your life that was an error become more of an error. Make sense? Dead, but still deadly. I grew up right outside of Amarillo, Texas, in a little town called Boys Ranch, Texas. How many in here like snakes? Sheesh, no. Hey, where I grew up, we didn't touch snakes. Not with a 10-foot pole. Only thing you touched with a, a snake with was a shovel. Last week, this little girl right here is my oldest. Her name is Shiloh Jewel. She's six years old. She is like Dr. Doolittle. She loves animals. They found a giant garden snake on the elementary school where she goes. She goes out to, to school down in McCool Junction. Found a giant garden snake down there. Everybody else running for the life. She's picking it up, got it around her neck, giving it kisses. Gross. It made me start thinking about different eras in my life. And so today I'm going to talk about an era in my life, an era in the Bible, and a challenge for your era right now. This story is going to take place Boys Ranch, Texas. When I was a little kid, we had this uh, sweet CJ7 Jeep. I mean, we'd go to town on the Canadian River here with that as many times as we could. What's the Canadian River do? You go to the Canadian River, you jump in, you're coming out red from head to toe, and you ain't ever getting that out. We used to go all the time. It was a blast. We had our Canadian River clothes. This particular time in my life, I was about this old. I'm going to show you this. We got my dad looking like he just came out of Gilligan's Island. My brother looks like he just came out of the movie Pinocchio. I'm on the far left looking like Jimmy Crackcorn and I don't care. I used to be really mad at my mom for dressing me like this. And I look at this picture and I'm like, I'm old enough to know better. About that age in my life, my dad said, hey, let's go down the Canadian River. I was like, let's go. Let's go dig it up in that Jeep. We get in the Jeep, we ride down there cruising, going through the dirt. I'm about to get out of the Jeep, okay, and we're, not, that we're in a blue Jeep just like that one I just showed you. I'm about to get out, and this man up here, you can tell, just pure athleticism at its finest, he says, don't move. I'm like, Dad, we didn't come here to just sit and talk in the Jeep. He said, don't move. And my dad, he starts crawling out that window, 
My dad's not a small man. Let's look at this, okay? He starts crawling out the driver's side window, and I'm thinking, this is like Santa Claus on Christmas. How in the world is he going to fit out that window? Somehow, he manages to slide out the window, and he grabs, right before he grabs, goes out, he does this. He grabs a Red Rider out of the back end, one of those pump BB guns, and he is ready for action. So I got GI Dad crawling across the top of that Jeep. Two things going on here. First, I thought he was Santa Claus. Next, I'm wondering, he must be floating because there's no way that fiberglass roof is going to hold my dad on top of it as he crawls across the top. I'm like, Dad, I'm ready to get out. He said, don't move. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't. He's like, shh, be quiet. Shut up. What I see? What's right outside my door? Rattlesnake. I didn't even know. My dad's crawling across the top of that fiberglass roof. I can hear it cracking and splintering, and I'm praying, Lord, don't smash me today. I hear him pumping it up on top of that thing. Pumping that BB gun up all of a sudden. Let me, let me rewind here for a second. My dad, I didn't grow up growing. I, I grew up in Texas. I didn't grow up shooting guns, though. Because my dad, that same man I showed you a while ago, he blew off his big toe shooting cow patties when he was a little kid. That's how good of a shot he is. So when he's crawling across the top of this roof, everything's splintering, and he's about to take a shot, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for popcorn because it's going to be a whole day affair. He pops that thing up, one shot straight between the eyes. I don't know how he did it. Magical. Drilled that snake right between the eyes. But here's where the thing gets crazy. So he's like, still don't move. Grabs a shovel out of the back. We go outside. He drags the rattlesnake. First, you got to cut off your souvenir, the rattles, so you can wear it as a rattlesnake necklace like Pecos Bill. Then what's the next step? If you kill a rattlesnake in Texas, what's the first step? You got to cut off the head. That's a big nope on a rope for me. You cut off the head. Why do you cut off the head? Because it's still deadly. You killed the snake, but the poison is still flowing. So we cut off the head of this rattlesnake. We bury it down in the ground. It made me start thinking, wow, my dad's a hero. I could have stepped right out off of that into that snake, and he saved me. Error in my life I'll never forget. Dead, but still deadly. There's the next part. After we buried that snake's head deep down underground so nobody could step on it, nobody could get bit by the venom, I picked that snake up. It's got no head. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to be graphic here. I'm just being real. Picked up that snake, no head, no tail. What's it still doing? Moving, wrapping all around my arm. I know it's still there. I know at one point it was the most dangerous thing in 10 foot of me, but it ain't poisonous anymore because the head is gone, but it's still moving. I can still feel it. Slithering. Tightening. Gross. I'll take you to an error in the Bible real quick. This is going to come from Numbers 21.4. Bear with me here for a second. A couple of verses. Powerful moment. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go to Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up here to Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. And we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. Sheesh. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake, put it up on a pole. Anyone who was bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by the snake, they looked at the bronze snake and lived. 
Hey, let me tell you something. I can take a, we can go a thousand ways with this. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. You know what the Israelites are? They just got saved from slavery. They just got, went, they just went across the Red Sea. They just had manna drop from the sky to be fed. Two chapters before this, they just broke a stone to get water because they were whining and babying again. Some key points. I'm not going to tell you how to think today. I want you to think about some things. God has always shown up whether you believe it or not. God has always sent his salvation whether you believe it or not yet. He already did that for us. What does that mean to you? Think about it. Let's get real real for a second. Bury the venomous parts of you that poison what you are called to do here. Hey, we all got poisonous parts of us. It's not like we're walking around here as garden snakes. We all got poison. Chop it off and bury it two foot in the ground. You are called for that. Here's the thing. You bury it. Here's the cool part. You bury that, that part of you that you don't want to be anymore deep into the ground. What still happens? You're still going to feel the snake slithering. There's going to be days when you wake up and you think, I can feel that venom coming up from the ground. I can feel that part of me that I don't like, that I don't want a part of me creeping in. Keep it buried. See, God sent his hope. He sent his salvation. He sent his anti-venom. Oh, he didn't take away the snakes. We all got venom inside of us that's killing us. We all got people in our life that's killing us. Bury them. If you're one of those people cut off their own head that's robbing you, I'd be better. Become a snake crusher. Not just in your own life, but others too. Sometimes you need a snake whisperer in your life to kill the snakes for you. Find them. When you see an ambulance, what do you see? You ever looked at an ambulance before? Side of an ambulance is called a star hope. I challenge when you see an ambulance go by from now on, think of hope. Because that's hope on four wheels. But your hope on two legs. Bring it. Don't be afraid. Like I said earlier, God didn't say he wasn't going to bring the snakes. God said he provided a salvation. Don't be afraid when you feel them. Got two things left, and I'll sit down. The day's going to be yours. My team hears me say this all the time. Be blessed and unstoppable. The only way you can be blessed and unstoppable is by realizing the venom that you got in you, chop off that head, and live a life that you know is led by God. Last thing, I talked briefly today about an era in my life that's changed my life, especially with snakes. My dad changed our relationship. I talked about a moment in the Bible where the Israelites were changed forevermore from that. Here's the thing. When I think about eras in life, I think about kings. This king reigned for so long through this era. Here's a quote I saw a month ago that stuck with me. Find people in your life that want to reign with you through the reign with you in this era of your life. Because there's a lot of people that don't want to go through the reign with you. Chop off those venomous parts of your life. Get rid of them. Find people that want to reign with you in this portion, this era of your life, through the mud, through the dirt, through the rain with you so that you can see the rainbow.